You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig and I'm the, the host of the podcast and I'm, as always, joined by Greg and Chris. Hello, guys. Hello. Evening. All right. This is the fifth one in a row we've done together. That's good. I'm liking it. Right. On the agenda, I've got hello. So that's that done. Tick that off, Greg. We've got the Premiership review. Chris will talk us through the games at the weekend. We've got the lower leagues review. Again, Chris will talk us through that. Then we've got quite a few fixtures coming up during the week. We'll touch on that. We've got a couple of cups, the League Cup, the Ramsons Cup. We've got the Champions League. And then, obviously, at the weekend, we'll do our predictions for the Premiership. We've got the charity bet as well. And we'll give you an update on how we did at the weekend there, just in case you don't know that we lost, as we do every <laughs> weekend. And at the end, I've got a couple of things I'm going to talk about, just random crap if we've got time, and if anyone's still listening. So, Chris, you want to start us off with the Premiership review? Aye, uh, OK. Well, it was a bit of a novelty this weekend because every single game in the top flight was at 3pm on a Saturday. What? Great stuff. In fact, whatever, all the televised football was finished by Friday night because it was only Airdrieonians versus Rangers that was on the... Was it BT Sport, I believe, Friday night? You were showing it? So. I was out, so I missed it. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about the, the lower leagues later. We'll start off at Celtic Park, where the league leaders Inverness were the visitors. And uh, many would have expected Celtic to uh, start uh, making inroads into the getting to the top of the league. But it was Inverness that took the lead, thanks to an Aaron Doran terrific finish after 14 minutes. And then Inverness made it 2-0, when Richie Foran uh, managed to get a header in almost from on the line. And Celtic's defence went to pieces from yet another long throw in the 35 minutes. Charlie Mulgrew mishit a shot, which managed to pull one back for half-time and took the goalkeeper out with miss it. Was there a penalty claim for Inverness when Van Dijk went into Aaron Dorn, which uh, looked very similar to what happened with Anthony Stokes against Ross County and had the same uh, finish. It wasn't given. But uh, that meant that Celtic still were in the game and Adam Matthews finally held the game with eight minutes remaining thanks to a well-placed strike at the near post. It was a great round and well-picked out pass for uh, Scott Brown as well. So that means both teams lose their 100% record in the top fight and Celtic move up to second place and for Neste top. And that's because St Johnson got thumped at Tannadice. Uh, Keith Watson's deflected shot opened the scoring after just four minutes and David Goodwill headed in a second in 25 minutes. That's his first since returning to Tannadice. Gary McKay-Steven made it 3-0 before half-time as he poked the ball under the on-rushing Stevie Banks and Stuart Armstrong made it 4, 8 minutes into the second half. So that uh, comprehensive win is Dunn United's first of the season, moves him up to 6th and St Johnson remain on 7 points, level with Celtic. Uh, at Tynecastle, Aberdeen's bubble appears to have burst. Jamie Walker gave Hearts an 18th minute lead against the run of play. Uh, but it looked as if it might all go wrong for Hearts on 68 minutes when Kevin McHattie was sent off for grabbing Calvin Zola in the penalty area. Now McGinn then scored the equaliser for the spot before uh, Peter Pollock was booked for a dive as he went looking for an off penalty. There may have been slight contact, but since he took off and tried to fly, <laughs> the referee decided it was worth a booking. Uh, but with three minutes to go, it was a 10 men of Hearts who took all three points when 17-year-old Jordan McGee headed home the winner as Nicky Weaver came to collect. It may have been filled by Danny Wilson, but the referee gave nothing except the goal. Uh, that caused Billy Brown to uh, get it right up Derek McInnes in the opposing uh, dugout. Both were eventually sent to the stand. Uh, and Danny Wilson was later sent off for abusive behaviour, abusive language after the game, which uh, we'll talk about later. Uh, as for McGee, he's now the second youngest scorer ever for Hearts, with Dave Bowman being the only guy younger than him. That's Hearts up to minus eight now, that's uh, nine away from 11th place. Aberdeen remain fourth on the table on six points. Uh, over at Rugby Park, where Hibs got their first win of the season, thanks to two goals from Liam Craig. Hadn't started well for Edinburgh side, as a round vine effort was chalked off for offside, which oddly wasn't in the sports scene highlights last night. Uh, but uh, Barry Nicholson then got his first goal since the uh, return to Scotland was Kilmarnock midway through the first half with an absolute cracking strike on his 35th birthday uh, Craig then levelled the game two minutes after the break with header and managed to chip the winner in after pressure on Darren Barrett uh, making a bit of a mess of a communication mix up between him and the goalkeeper perhaps with 10 minutes remaining so that win is Hibs first of the season moves them uh, above their opponents up to 8th on 4 points 
and it actually adds to a five-game unbeaten run against Kilmarnock from last season. Kilmarnock was swept the 10th on just two points. And then at Fir Park, Partick Thistle's long unbeaten run came to an end thanks to John Sutton's first goal since he returned to Mullerwell. Seems to be a lot of that this weekend. And although Mullerwell had plenty of chances to double their lead, especially in the first half where Thistle never really got going, it may have been a bit unlucky for Thistle to finish with nothing from this game as the game finished with them being the stronger of the two teams. Uh, I think it was a late penalty claim for uh, a Stephen McManus handball, but all that resulted in was Aaron Taylor Sinclair moving to the ref to the point he got booked for his protests. So uh, that 1-0-1 means Willow will move up to 5th place on 6 points, with Partick Thistle remaining on 5, slipping to 7th. And the final game is, of course, up in Dingwall, where Ross County finally got their season going with their first three points against St Mirren. Stuart Kettlewell opened the scoring after nine minutes with a 20-yard strike before Richie Britton doubled the lead in 24 minutes. That goal came from a penalty rebound after David Cornell had uh, saved the initial penalty. I'm not sure what the penalty was given for. It may have been a foul by Jim Goodwin or Rocco Quinn, and then again, it may have been for Mark McCausland trapping Ben Gordon. Either way, it was uh, very probably a penalty. Uh, Britain then made the point safe in 57 minutes, making use of a mile of space from a corner to fire in the third. So that's three points for County, moves them up to ninth, while St Mirren swept to 11th with just a single point from the three matches so far. And that's that for the Premiership. It was an interesting weekend in terms of results. I was looking at the predictor and there was some, there wasn't, there wasn't much movement there in the leaderboard. I think I maybe got one point over the, the whole weekend and yet I'm still third place. Some people have caught me up. But it's a very strange weekend. If you look at the stats, if you go to the results page, you can see who got what, like how many people got three points, for example, how many people got one point. And the Hearts game caught a lot of people out. The the Hibs win as well. Uh, the Dundee United, not so much the win, but the, the manner in which they won. And even the Celtic game, that was a difficult one to predict. Yep. Yeah, I think just a, this was a few weeks into the season already, and it's... I think it's gradually dawning every day that out with Celtic, everybody else is just pish. Because there, <laughs> well, there was Aberdeen and St Johnston, who were, Aberdeen especially, who were heralding this as the greatest team since Gothenburg. And that same get papped two weeks in a row. And St Johnston got an absolute hiding up at Tannadice as well. Hibs picking up points as well. So I, I think uh, out with Celtic again. And to be fair, Inverness are doing all right and Hearts are doing all right. Everybody else is just scrapping about in a, a, a cesspit mediocrity. Those the, the highlights I watched over the weekend were just depressing man. Shocking. You know, Saberdeen might settle down. I think the, the hype gets to a team like that. Nah. It's not used no, to it. No, they won't. That's the bubbles burst. They'll probably plummet down the league now. Back into obscurity again. Because I'll tell you what, see if Hearts are beating you with 10 men and, and half of them are school kids. To be fair, Aberdeen should be shot for that because I think it was Scott Verdon. He was his first game for uh, Aberdeen this season. He had several chances to score and missed them all. Wasn't even the keeper saved them. He missed. Yeah, that was a problem last. That's been a problem the last few seasons. They're still missing somebody going stick a ball away in the back of the net. So haven't helped them. Ah, if it's not McGinn, they're kind of at loss. Ah, they're stuck. I hoped Hayes was going to step up to the plate this season. That's yet to be seen. Consistently, anyway. And Pollock with his dive. That was terrible. It's it's one of those really stupid ones where I would quite happily see the referee give the penalty and book the dive. Because there is contact. It's a stupid lunge for the defender trying to get him. But the way Pollock takes off, and it's just... He's obviously diving. So whether there's contact or not, the referee's thinking, it's Pollock, he's probably dived anyway. Because his uh, reputation now goes before him. Definitely. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything in the rules that says you can do both, but they are two separate things. You yeah. can get, like, if my understanding of the rules, you can get a, a fill, and the simulation is separate from that. But there's nothing explicitly in the rules that says you can do both. Not that I know of anyway. I don't know if they speak about that behind closed doors. I'd see, like to see it. See, for anybody else, I, I might be questioning that rules, but see, if you're telling me there's nothing in the rule book, I'm happy to take that as Because as <laughs> I know you sit there at night... The wee small words with that light on, just reading up another couple of paragraphs and a couple of subsections, just in case. Yep, I've got them all highlighted and wee <laughs> notes beside it, yep. Just in case it comes up, you've got to you know got the rule for, book. You got it for a Kindle yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just printed it out in old school paper. See, Greg's joking there, but at one point I did actually have the SFA handbook on my iPad. You can download it as a PDF. <laughs> Ah, it's interesting. You never know the moment. Ah, so I wanted to mention 
and discuss the, the Wilson red card. Yeah. And it's something that happens fairly often in football. Not not every week, but somebody gets sent off for foul and or abusive language. And he did after the final whistle. And I wanted to just bring it up and ask whether it's time we started allowing fruity language on the football pitch. As long as it's not aimed at somebody. As long as it's not calling somebody a certain name, calling the ref a name. But if you hit a shot, are you allowed to use a, a swear word to, to describe how bad it was? Like the rules say you're not. <laughs> the rules say you're not. But should we change it? Should we allow fruity language? What do you think? I I, I don't have a uh, I don't have an issue if it's in the, the circumstance you've just described. If somebody says I swing at it and they've plunged it over a bar and they shout off or whatever, no problem with that at all. But I think if it's directed at specifically the referee or the linesman's or even an opposing player, and I think I think you're starting to walk, you're starting to walk a tightrope there. And it does. I mean, there'll be varying degrees of what you say, uh, as we all know. But I mean, I would imagine some of the stuff that gets. To, I mean, I I, I know cause I, I, where I sit at Fir Park, we're on the um, we're on the touchline, and it's it's we're really close to the park, so the linesman's right in front of you, and you can you can see players and you can hear players shouting all sorts of stuff at the officials, mm-hmm. and for that sort of thing, it's up to football. Football wants to stamp it out, and it's dead easy because you know what, you just make up the referees, and then you make that you make that tape available every day after the game and say, well, do you want to hear what's getting said to the referee? And you let them hear it because I think that would be the one way you you would actually stamp it out having to dish out cards here and there. I, th- I think it comes down to it. if you're exclaiming that a, a bad shot, then fair enough because you're, you're basically shouting at yourself then rather than anybody else. Yep. If you're shouting at a teammate, well, that's probably bad for your teammates, but it's not really causing any problem in the game. If you're shouting abuse at an opponent, I can kind of understand the point. If you're shouting abuse at the referee, then there's definitely an issue. And I think that's maybe what the problem is. I, 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 don't, I still, to, uh, we're talking Monday night here, I still don't know exactly what Danny Wilson's done. As no, far as I'm aware, he's, clear. No, he's, he's, he's used abusive language. Now, has he used abusive language for himself? Has he used abusive language at an opponent? Has he used abusive language at a referee? Has he used abusive language at the fans? Nobody seems to know. In fact, this morning, Hearts weren't even sure themselves whether he'd actually been sent off. Yeah, I don't know how that came about. It's, I, I thought that they would be told as soon as possible, but obviously not. Yeah, it must be easy enough to clarify because it must be in the referee's report. Yeah, must be the referee's report exactly what he's been sent off for. The problem is the referee's report didn't go in until this morning. That's why oh, nobody seemed to know. Right. You'd have thought, you'd have thought what, even common courtesy from the referee might have been able to pass the pass it on that he'd been sent off for, to the club. Yeah. I mean, Surely like the could... card comes out, even though well, it's, the game's not getting played. It happened during the St. Johnson game. The game had finished, the final whistle had went, and the referee still got the red card out and brandished it just in the usual way. Yeah, but he was still in the park at that point. If it's happened in yeah. the tunnel, yeah. Yeah, do, do they the brandish the, the red card in the tunnel? I don't actually know. I think you can be sent off retrospectively. I, the referee just calls you his room, and I, I don't know whether he's, <laughs> I don't know whether he's got to stand in front of you with a red card, just you, <laughs> just you and him in the room, <laughs> or whether just noting down the book and saying, oh, by the way, I've sent you off, I'm not sure what applies. He probably has to show the card, to be honest. <laughs> I hope but, he keeps uh, one in his wallet, just in case. <laughs> but I mean, I'd imagine if, if he has been sent off for something like that, and it's been up the tunnel, then I, it's a pretty good bet whatever he's said has been extreme enough. For, for a red card because otherwise the referee's just creating a problem for himself by sending somebody off if they're not really overstepping the mark but yeah. uh, if they want to stamp it I'm serious if they want to stamp it just make up the referees and say do you know what here's who was saying what because that'll not be long embarrassing them into maybe toning their language down a wee bit I think that's the other problem we've got with us is as I've seen Laurie complain about it on Facebook this morning and although he's spot on, it was the usual defence with Ian Black and with Neil Lennon when he was swearing at uh, Jim Goodwin at St Mirren. It's, yes, it's against the rules, but everybody gets caught with it. It's like, well, you're the one that's got caught, so it's not really a defence. But yep. on the other hand, it's opening up a big bag of worms. A big bag of worms? A big can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> that would say it now. <laughs> That well known saying of the bag of worms. I don't know. I'm not really a fisher anyway, so. <laughs> Aye, it's, open, it's opening up a can of worms with this one because where do you stop? I mean, if you start punishing one man, you have to start punishing everybody. That's it. I mean, next week's supporters will be 
I'll be complaining because they'll say, well, I heard so-and-so call the linesman uh, such and such, and how come he's not getting sent off? And how come he gets sent off and he's not getting sent off? And as it's just, it's either it's zero tolerance and you stamp down on all of it, or like Craig saying, you just uh, say, you know what, just need to turn a blind eye. But it's a usual grey area that benefits some and, and hammers others. Yeah, I got a, a message from Grumpy Old Man. And he's saying that surely Wilson must have been able to clarify to his club why he was sent off. We're talking about when the referee no. puts his report in, but surely the referee's told Wilson he's been sent off. So Wilson just needs to say, <laughs> by the way, I got sent off there. Yeah, it's a fair point, isn't it? But maybe Wilson, maybe it's that kind of thing when you get into trouble with a teacher when you're at school. You're like, I'm not telling my mum and dad. In case you get into their trouble with yeah. Billy Brown. I hope he forgets. <laughs> maybe get away with it. You gave me the letter. the letter. <laughs> <laughs> I well moving on a wee bit. You mentioned uh, Nicholson's goal. Yep. That was a beauty. Absolutely cracker. They, they were having this on Twitter this morning. It was what was the goal of the, the weekend? It's like, pretty much everybody said that was his. <laughs> it was a cracking finish. Like I said, thirty-five-year-old on his birthday. Cracking birthday present. Birthday. Unfortunately, that's pretty much where it ended for Kamala because then Hibs came back for behind one-two-one. Uh, yeah. Did you see uh, Jim Goodwin give away the penalty? i done the, the old thing that, uh, well, I've often done this. You kind of make a tackle from behind and you, you kick the other person's foot and make it kick the ball. And he was claiming that's what happened. And the ball <laughs> went back to the keeper. It's like, yeah, you just went right through him as if he wasn't there. I'm sure yeah, I've done that to Greg when I was playing football against him today. <laughs> uh, there, was, there was one or two uh, one or two naughty challenges going on today. I don't know, it's just, I'm, I'm not used to that sort of thing on a Monday, but... It just obviously shows the, the respect that you're, you're giving me as a, as a more senior opponent. A lot more senior, aye. Well, what, what about your goal? Are you going to talk about your goal? No, I wasn't going to bum it up too much, but I was going to say it was, it was better than Nicholson's. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. It was like David Aries' toe poke. <laughs> Stick a toe right through it. Maybe t- 10 yards out. Aye, about 10. And like over the nets until it... Caught the top of the, the roof of the, the roof of the net. Aye, it'll not be happening again, that's for sure. Ah, <laughs> you get yourself back in defence, boy. <laughs> Aye. Anything else you wanted to discuss in the, the Premiership games here? No, I, do, I, I think my only other point would be that Inverness look pretty much the real deal to me. They, they took their chances well. We're pretty solid at the back and certainly should be more of a challenge in Aberdeen now. Mm-hmm. Good first goal as well. Yes, Aaron Jordan was a cracker. Yeah, but I, yeah. I mentioned it in the, the, the roundup actually that the penalty claim that Inverness had was uh, pretty similar to that one that Stokes had against Ross County. Remember, we had that discussion about you could get away with it if you buzzed into your shoulder, the shoulder. Mm-hmm. But if you went into his back, then it should be a free kick in, in this case, a penalty. <laughs> it was exactly the same this time. Virgil van Dijk, he got. Yeah, if you watch the whole thing, it get done an absolute cracker in the halfway line mm-hmm. by the the turn of Doran and Doran raced in and goal and Virgil van Dijk and chasing after him and then just bar then kind of eases him off the ball, but it's his shoulder into his back and Doran goes down. Now, at the time, I thought Doran went down pretty easily. Having seen it back, if the ref, if I, we were claiming for it two weeks, three weeks ago, I, I, if I was an Inverness uh, fan, I'd be pretty disappointed that wasn't given. Hi, I think I think the referee's waved that away because he's been so disappointed that Don's not actually get his shot away in time. So I don't know what he was. He was obviously caught in two minds, but he's got to do is take another straight forward and have a belt at goal. But instead, he's he's held up a wee bit. He's slowed down. Big man's going through the back. I mean, it did. It, it looked on the TV. It looks like a, it looks like a soft claim. I, th- I think Van Dyke should never have caught him in the first place. Like you say, he did seem mm. to slow down quite a lot. Like he wasn't sure what to do. But yeah, I, I mean, it's a shame that we're talking about that because his first goal was an absolute crack and finish yeah. off the post. Yeah. It, he was maybe given too much time to get the shot away, but I think Inverness had worked out pretty well because they were pulling their defence all over the place. We, I think uh, Ambrose had been pulled out and then Matthews had went to cover where Ambrose was and then Kyle had to come off one man to try and shut Doran down, by which point Doran had cracked the shot in. It's a shame it wasn't on TV. Yeah, like, I mean, top of the table know. clash. I mean, they're mm. quick enough to show top of the table clashes in England that bore you to death. Yeah, so they didn't have any Premiership games on this weekend there, yeah. and then they've got two coming up next weekend. It's strange, yeah, it's I don't bizarre. know why they, they decide these kind of things. What was the, what was the crowd like at, at Celtic Park, Chris? Was it, was it boosted because it was three o'clock Saturday, or was it much of muchness? Yeah, much of muchness, to be honest. It's hard to tell with us because we're usually at home at three o'clock on a Saturday. It was the Ross County game was the unusual one yeah. because it was the five fifteen kickoff. But yeah, it was it was it was a pretty decent tournament. 
compared to what we usually get. So Aye, I think I think the numbers at Fir Park were up a wee bit Saturday, although t- uh, credit to Partick Thistle who brought about thirteen hundred through with them. They had, a, they had a cracking away support on Saturday. Uh, but that that's kind of boosted what would normally have been a, a, a four thousand gate, I think, took up to about five and a half. So it's nice to see the football back at three on a Saturday. Makes a pleasant change. Mm. I that'll be changing. That's coming ah, again. Changing just uh, tea time, half five, I think, the other Saturday. Oh, you'll be allowed out. I'll be I'll be at a shop at half past five on Saturday. If I get in the ground, I'll be <laughs> short of a miracle. I've told her it's a challenge time kickoff. <laughs> Right, Chris, you want, you want to talk us through the lower leagues and, and start off, I'm guessing, with a, a, a right humping, an old school humping. Well, I was going to start the championship, but uh, yeah, I suppose the first game of the, the, the weekend was the, the 6 0 thrashing for Airdrieonians by the Visitors Rangers. Uh, I think it was three of the six goals got scored by Trialists. <laughs> This trialist is doing quite well. He's joined by the scorer in the league. <laughs> I seen that yesterday. It's almost like the BBC website. It's like A trialist. <laughs> top scorers. I like how you get A trialist and you get B trialist as well. I was oh, never sure it's... how they would work it when there was multiple because prior to Rangers doing it, I'd never seen clubs doing multiple trialists. Uh, we should start naming them like Andy and Brian or something. <laughs> <laughs> Andy trialist and Brian trialist. <laughs> But aye, that, that's the that was the first game in, the, uh, in League One, and uh, of the other hundred percenters that were uh, sitting in League One before the weekend, the only Rangers are, have that record now because Air United drew one one with Stranraer, while Stenhouse Muir lost an absolute epic five four with Dunfermline. And Stenhouse Muir had been four two up with just ten minutes to go in that game, and somehow I just was five four. Great comeback with Dunfermline. Yep. Uh, and the other games in League One, Brecon City beat four for two one. Uh, and East Fife beat Arbroath 2-1 and that one for East Fife means they're off the bottom and Strand's Airdrie there instead uh, so we'll go back up to the Championship now and uh, Hamilton have maintained their 100% record with a 2-0 win over Queen of the South Falkirk doing good well to keep pace with 7-9 thanks to a 3-0 win away to Livingston all three goals coming from the one guy is it Philip Roberts that's uh, not bad going away from home Alwa won 3-1 at home at Cowden Beast and they're sitting third well, Dundee and Wraith Rovers are both on four points thanks to a nil-nil draw. And uh, as you remember from last week, that's managed to scupper both of our uh, charity bets this week because we had uh, Greg Spence scoring the first goal and obviously nobody scored. And we also had uh, Wraith Rovers in the three-team accumulator. Put uh, all our so eggs in one basket. That's we the did. problem. And then, and but as a bag, I'm not scupper. sure. I'm going to blame Paul Band for that one. <laughs> Let's blame Paul Band. Wraith Rovers is his team as well. Definitely Paul Band's fault. Definitely. The thing is, it's awfully selfish of him, but we'll not be too harsh on him. Think of the charity. Uh, and the final game in the Championship, Dumbarton moved up the table with a 3-1 win over Morton. So finally, League 2, East Stirling remain one of three teams in Scotland with a 100% record, would you believe? Joining Hamilton and Rangers. Uh, this time it was a 3-1 win away to Stirling Albion. Albion Rovers 100% record went after a 1-1 draw and an Athletic. Clyde managed to beat a pointless Queen's Parts 3-0 to move on to six points. Uh, and the other games saw a 1 1 draw between Montrose and Berwick and a 2 2 draw between Peterhead and Elgin City. Do you want a non league round up while I'm here? Well, I wanted to pick up on you saying that Queen's Park were pointless. Yeah, they have zero points. <laughs> Sitting bottom of the table. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to a guy at work, he's a Queen's Park fan. I'm going to tell him you said they were pointless. You probably agree. He will, Having good authority, they look as though they're going to be propping up that table this season. Especially with East Stirling going on the run. Mm-hmm. No, but sad, but I mean, three, you, if you said there was going to be three teams with 100% record after three or four games in, in Scotland, would you really pick East Stirling? A bit 100% failure record, maybe. Maybe this pyramid's kind of give them a wee, a wee push. I know that they can't be relegated this season, but they're just thinking, right, we're really going to have to go for it now. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, if, if they want to stay clear of the pyramid, the best place to do it is in the League One, I suppose. Get out of League Two. <laughs> Aye, so what's happening in the, the Lowlands and the, the, the Highlands? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, in the Lowlands, we finally discovered how much it costs to get into Stirling University. It's a £4 fee to get in through the gate. I'll tell you, it's we, cracking value. We also found out that SPL stats can run pretty quick. Seven minutes for the train station to Fourth Bank is, is no mean feat. That's, <laughs> that's quite that. far. Yeah, that's, that's not bad at all. Yeah, the SPL stats, uh, he's, he's, he's had a bit of an issue with Kilmarnock and the, the people that are running it. So, uh, 
he is uh, taking to going around uh, the Lowland League uh, grounds. And I think that's going to be an interesting blog to follow just to see how it's on. But yeah, he went to see Stirling, uh, Stirling University. I keep wanting to call Stirling Albion. Right. Stirling yeah. University against East Cup Round. And, uh, so it was a fourth pound to get through the gates. I think that's got to be worth a, a night out for the, 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 the Scottish Football Forums Forum at some point. Well, yeah, say definitely. that, but then I heard that there wasn't any food stalls open. And if there's no oh, pies, oh, then oh, that's oh. it. I'm not there. No oh, pies, no Craig. It's all right. <laughs> we'll just go into your bit, though, and you can make us something. <laughs> I suppose we could do, aye. That's a thought, aye. Get a barbecue, yeah. tenants on offer, aye. Oh, that's just sounding better either time, isn't it? Aye, anyway, right, <laughs> moving on. Lowland League, uh, it's very leading at the top at the moment on 10 points ahead of Spartans and Gold Difference. They'll beat a star for some reason, they've only played three games and they're on seven, so they could join them. Uh, Greta Sterling University, also on seven, haven't played four games. Whitehill Welfare on six, haven't played three as well. And East Cobrider in six, so it's all pretty close. Uh, Selkirk are bottom on goal difference with just a point, and they're behind both Gallifrey, Edin Rovers, and Edinburgh City. And up in the Highlands, there's still four teams with four wins, uh, four now. It's Wack Academy, Former Time United, Broader Rangers, and Inverurie Local Works. And we should probably mention that Former Time United are also going great guns in the Ramsons Cup because they uh, hammered East Stirling in the, in, the, in the last round, they're through to the quarterfinals now, I think, with that. I'm not sure exactly the. Uh, I don't know, I don't know, sorry. Ah, uh, see, you should have done your homework, because uh, I do believe it's a Ramsey's Cup game this week. Oh, there is, aye, but I just know that that's the second round, but I'm not sure what the third yeah. round's called. It seems, to, it seems to be the last date. Well, at least that's what I was hearing, that was uh, the last date, with, but that's not bad for a, a non-league team to get into the, 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 the last date of the, the Ramsey's Cup, if that is indeed the last date. Uh, and obviously they're going well as well, have won 5 0 at the weekend, so they seem to be one to watch. Uh, Huntley are still unbeaten in the Highland League as well with two draws and two wins. They're sitting fourth. Sorry, they're sitting fifth behind the top four. So there's a bit of a gap over there up there already. Uh, Fort William and Strathspace, this one are also pointless. <laughs> You're just too harsh this, this week. I know. Well, All these teams the are board. pointless. I, uh, I will need to go to Stirling Uni to, to watch them. It's a shame it's at Fourth Bank and not up the actual Uni. But... Aye. Well, yeah. I suppose uh, the facilities will be good. Uh, it'd be nice if they could open one of the wee stalls, though. It gets a, a half-time pie. It's a moneymaker. That's just silly. Uh, I know. I'll, well, bring, I'll bring some macaroon, macaroon bars with me. <laughs> All right. Get a box of 48 and sell them outside. Mm, that's Take some money out of Well, all right. I'll sneak in the tenants. You can sneak in the, the macaroons. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're right. I'll stick to the macaroons. <laughs> all right. We've got a, a busy week of games. Coming up this week, we've got, starting on the Tuesday, we've got Rangers against Berwick Rangers in the, the Ramsden's Cup, second round. Now, I'm not really sure why they didn't play along with the, the other games, unless it was maybe to take Rangers fans' minds off the fact that it's the League Cup second round on the same night. <laughs> <laughs> There's maybe something, some kind of distraction going on there. Out before but, the holders, well, huh? Rangers can't, well they, well, they can't field any trialists because... Mm. For some reason, the Ramsden's Cup has one rule in the first round and then a different rule for then on. I don't know why they think it like that, but uh, they can't field any trialists, so it could be, could be a toughie. I'm not who sure if they can field a strong team. Who cares? What an embarrassment. What an embarrassment <laughs> your team are even taking part in the Ramsden's Cup. They should have said at the oh. start of the season, do you know what? Forget it. We'll give these wee diddy teams a shot of winning some silverware because we're not interested in the Ramsden Cup. That's because you've never been in it. Because we're yeah. going to win the League Cup and the Scottish Cup and all these other things until, they get, it, until they get papped it in the first round. It's <laughs> a redneck. What a redneck in Ramsden's Cup. <laughs> I'm going to go far in the Ramsden's Cup. I hope we get to the final. I hope we get to the final of these dafties turn up at the final. Sir Anston's <laughs> Cup, yeah, you know, shiver off. You know what would be even better? See if they make them play the final at Livingston, like they usually do. <laughs> and they've got to go to a wee stadium, and they can only get about 300 fans in them. Oh, man. Come on. Harry Ramsden's not going to be happy that you're not bigging up this cup. <laughs> well, see, I mean, this is what, going to be, this is your second attempt, and what's probably going to be three to try and win a cup. Then once you get into the top division, you can't get to play in it. So you want to win it at least once. Exactly, exactly, Chris. Aye. I enjoy the Challenge Cup. Well, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, that means you can crow about having won the Ramsons Cup the way we crow about winning the European Cup, because you've only won that. 
Uh, I remember I really enjoyed the the final, more for the the violence really than the actual. <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. It was on BBC Alba, if I remember correctly, which is good. Oh, Queen's Park Party Russell, wasn't it? No, Queen of South and Partridge Russell was on. Queen yeah, of South, so, yeah. The best reaction to uh, a missed penalty. Uh, you're not going to get better than that. There's no handbags here. It was just straight in there with a milky. So we've also got the, the League Cup second round. Uh, good luck to Forfar. They're away to Dundee. Falkirk yeah. Dunfermline stands out as a, a biggie there. Wraith Rovers Hearts to, as well. Good luck to St Marin away to Queen of the South looks a good one. It's uh, the holders, obviously. Mm-hmm. Queen of the South, obviously, they get beat the weekend there, but it was Hamilton up when, so it's not that bad. <laughs> Hamilton are going pretty well. Hamilton away to Kilmarnock, actually. It's, it's, it could be a good one. Yeah. Aberdeen Aye. versus Alla. Aberdeen are always dodging cups. So. Yeah, 91, you're getting an Alla. That's got to be worth a pound. How oh, sweet would that be? Alla, Pat and Aberdeen at the cup, not two weeks after they were shouting, bring on the Celtic. <laughs> Aye. That would be good. I love that. Oh dear. Aye, that's 91's good odds. That's, crack, that's cracking odds for a cup game. Yeah, yeah. And then on Wednesday, we've got Dumbarton against Dundee United. Why is that but Wednesday? That seems I'm, a bit odd. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because it's a bit harsh on uh, Dumbarton because it'll be clashing with the Celtic game. <laughs> so yeah, well, there's going to be a lot of people who will rather sit in their house and watch that on Sky Sports rather than go to the League Cup game. Yeah. It's going to hit them in some way. So I saw, well, I mentioned the Celtic game there playing against Shakhtar on right. Wednesday evening in Sky Sports 1. And I was hearing that Shakhtar arrested 10 of their first team players at the weekend there, which yeah, is they, the exact they, preparation you want. <laughs> they did that last week as well, to be fair. And actually, last week they got a better result because they managed to, I think they beat Astana, the, the, the other team that were vying for the, the title, with, or one of three teams that are vying for the title because the team that they're they're chasing, they're still uh, top of the league. But uh, they won 2 1 in that game last week. They drew one each this week. So they seem to do all right, changing their entire team. Uh, I think they're second in the league at the moment. Which, uh, That's going to be a big game. A big game. I think Neil Lennon needs to go into this uh, yeah. with patience in mind. And I think that he needs to drill it into his players that if they manage to keep it to 0 0, even to the 70th minute mark, I think they, they shouldn't panic. Because you lose that one away goal. And yeah. Well, it depends when it happens, but it's close to tie over. So I think it's a, a matter of just being patient. And Celtic have got goals in them. I know they don't have the, the penalty box striker that they, they really need, but Stokes and Samaras and Commons, you've you've got goals around the squad there. Just Lennon needs to be clever going into this. You say Stokes, but I'm hearing he's going to be injured, which is a bit of a blow. Really? Uh, I thought this yeah, would be his big chance. I thought Stokes is out... Dirk Borigter's out and James Forrest is out. Chris Commons and George Samaras should be back for it. That's what I'm hearing. So. I don't, they were saying the radio tonight, Stokes is looking like a doubt. That's a big blow. Right. I, I mean, I, I would fancy if we can get Chris Commons on a good night, he's quite capable of getting one or even two goals. Uh, maybe even three. Uh, Samaras is always a good bet as well. But it depends how we play Samaras because if we try and play him as the striker up front, which is likely if we don't have Stokes fit, then I think it wastes him. He's better coming in for the win. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Ah, it's going to be an interesting one. I take it you've got a ticket, Chris? I do, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's kind of the, the two school uh, thought with this one because on the one hand, you can have the keeping it tight and making sure you don't lose a goal and, you know, and you've got plenty of time. You just need to get two goals before the 90 minutes is up as long as you don't concede. Then you've got a, an extra half hour to get the third goal. Or oh, there's the let's just fly at them kind of attitude. And listening to Joe Ledley's uh, press conference earlier today, he seems to be at the school thinking that they're just going to come flying at them and try and get there a goal. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure that he's not coming out with that just off his own back. I'm sure that Lennon would have had some say in that, but it just doesn't sound right to me. No, mm. I, th- I think I think Celtic need to come out and get an early goal because I think if they do that, it settles the nerves, it settles the crowd. And yeah. then they've got you know another sixty minutes or whatever to peg another one back, and they've still got extra time. I, th- I think if if uh, Shakhtar Karagandia last half time without conceding, I think their tails will be right up in the second half because they're saying, "Hey, look, forty five minutes here, you just need to park the bus." And Celtic need to score at least two. I think it's a good point about the crowd there because uh, no, I'm not not saying this because it's Celtic here, but sometimes fans are not really the most intelligent people in the world, and and 
keeping it to nil nil, I'm saying that's a, a good tactic. Like, uh, don't go all out and just be patient. But some fans get a wee bit restless and they start thinking, oh, we need two goals, we need to be at least one up by half time. Some of them mm. don't understand it. It's a game of tactics at times. So uh, you could have a point there because I know that Celtic Park, especially when it's uh, close to Phil's, notorious for, for getting on the, the team's backs, as are both sides of the old firm when they're used to winning so often. Yeah. I think it will start really well. If we can get an early goal, it'll blow the roof off and we'll be up for it and charge the forward and all sorts. And but if we get an early goal, I can I could see us getting a few and uh, just making the tie a wee yeah. bit safer. Yeah. Um, if it takes a bit longer to get it, as long as we don't concede, because if we concede, that will kill the atmosphere stone dead. Yep. Mm. And we'll just all be sitting there going, well, that's us finished the Europa League for us. Um, the, the the good thing for Celtic is history seems to be on our side with us because in the th- four times that we've been 2-0 down after the away leg, we've managed to come back and win three of the ties. Uh, I mean, you've gone back to like 68-69 when Celtic turned uh, the beats in Etienne, I think it was 4-2, maybe. 4-2 in aggregate, yep. And then um, there was another one, was it 82-83, Real Sociedad, they knocked us out. And then the following season was probably the best one because we played Sport in Lisbon in the UEFA Cup, lost 2-0 in the first leg and beat them 5-0 at Celtic Park. Yeah. Which was an absolutely fantastic night. I know plenty of people that remember that game. Um, and the most recent one is actually in the, the, the mid-90s, <laughs> unusually, when we were absolute rank. Uh, and we still managed to beat Cologne, the German team, 3-0 at home. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what the Kazakhstan League's like, but I would imagine that none of these players have played in the type of atmosphere that might be uh, might be present this week if you get a full house and all the rest of it. So that I mean I, I know uh, from Motherwell fans' point of view, going to Celtic Park is an intimidating place to go anyway, even though you go twice a year. So a lot of these guys who maybe haven't played at that sort of um, front, that sort of crowd, that sort of stadium before, it might just be enough to um, you know put them back in their cell a wee bit. Yeah. The, the other good thing we've got for us is. If you look at the last game that Kaz- or the last tie that Kazakhstan team or Karagandi had to play, uh, they found themselves three 0 down within the first half hour of the second leg. I wait some I forget what the Albanian team's name was. Now the Albanians then lost two goals in the, the later part of the game. But if if some Albanian team can rattle in three goals in half an hour against them, yeah. a team like Celtic really should be able to do it as well. And I think that the, the 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 first leg, although losing two 0 was pretty poor. For the most part, Karagandi lived on a bit of luck in that game because Celtic were battering shots. I think it was um, comments at the bar at one point and all sorts. And there, there was chances for Celtic to score in that game that just never quite worked. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't get a chance to see it, but yeah. I'd be interested, I'll definitely be watching. Yeah, that's my, my Wednesday night planned, uh, sitting down and might get a wee, bet, a wee cheeky bet on. It's, it's, a, it's kind of annoying, actually, because PSV and AC Milan is on at the same night. Now, obviously with the first leg, because I wasn't at the game, our kickoff was four o'clock in the afternoon. It meant I could watch our game and then I could watch PSV playing AC Milan. And it was quite a good game between two well two big names of Europe and uh the the qualifying. But obviously they're gonna be playing at the same time as the Celtic game, so I won't see any of it. So I'll be stuck watching whatever the Tuesday games are tomorrow night and uh, see how that goes. I think oh there's no point watching Arsenal because they're three and a lot for the away leg. I think there's some other games in there that would probably worth watching. You could watch the Rangers game in a dodgy stream. Not that I condone that kind of thing. (laughs) No, I'm I'm legal. I'm totally legal. Don't watch any dodgy streams. Aye, same here. It was was Greg was telling me about it, to be honest. I've given up with the streams, man. See how the pop-ups appearing? Too much for me. The message goes on to log on to their email and you got all these dodgy pop-ups appearing. Ah, you're blaming the dodgy streams. (laughs) So it's late night bo- streams. I just bookmark a couple of them before closing them down. <laughs> Aye, so that's us for midweek games other than on Friday night, the Dundee-Livingston game is on for Why some is reason. Why I, I really don't know. It's bizarre well, all this, isn't it? It's really... It's a, it's a straight, I don't know whether the leagues are maybe just trying to mix it up a wee bit and do the Friday night football thing, but... I'm not convinced that a fixture would, would attract a, a far bigger crowd on a Friday than it would a, would a Saturday at three. You know what? I'd love to think it was on BBC Alba or something. That would be good. Because, um, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I've, I've said this as a kind of dig at times, but for all the show, 
the top flight and Rangers, I'd quite like to see some games in like the Championship, yeah. for instance, on live uh, TV as well. Because we should be trying to promote the Scottish football. And you, I think the Championship is one of the best leagues we've got. Because well, from top to bottom, they can beat each other, no problem. There's always somebody new trying to uh, challenge. Not even like the, uh, the team that finished second this the the previous season never seemed to be the team that are top the the, the season on after that. Yep. So I think I mean certainly this season especially because one will go up and then three will be in a playoff. I think it's yeah. going to be really exciting. So yeah, if, no. I got a, if we're going to show what does it Dundee and Livingston it's a Friday game then that'd be fantastic. I don't think they are, but unfortunately when you hear uh, like BT Sport came onto the the game this season. And they were advertising what games they're showing, and was it 30, 35 Premiership games that they're showing, and they advertise it as 10 Rangers games. Yeah. It's not even 10 lower league games. No, it's, it's just 10 Rangers right? games. That's all they're interested in. That's the thing. At the weekend as well, I think I think the uh, Motherwell Kilmarnock game's on something. It might be BT, I'm not sure. But yes. I mean, that's, that's a game that could be absolutely chronic. If going by Saturday's game at Fir Park... Is it to go by? It could be ninety minutes of just torture. Whereas you look down those, you look down some of the other divisions at the at the weekend, and like we mentioned before, Dunfermline games and um, you know Air United going well and all that. I'd be much more inclined on a Friday night to pop the telly on and watch Air United versus somebody than I would be, you know, Kamarnock mm-hmm. Motherwell or or, or Kamarnock Hibs or whoever else. I yeah. just have got zero interest in any of the in the SPL other than one team. That's what the, the BBC should be there for. I've said it before. They're there to provide a public service. They should be coming out and, and showing these kind of games because mm-hmm. they may not make commercial sense, but that's what the BBC is there for. Well, I mean, I was talking to my mate at the, the work earlier today, and he was telling me that well, he's a Rangers fan, so he was watching the game on Friday night. I know, Craig, you were at the, 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 the Super Scoreboard thing. But yeah. he he said it was fantastic that watching it on a Friday night. He'd, he'd love all, all football on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a bit overkill going to everybody on a Friday night. But from our perspective, Friday night would be good because it would pull us away from all the Premiership games down south. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be one positive and potentially make our product a wee bit more interesting to Sky Sports and BT because one of the issues is that they're saturated with sports. Football, yeah. especially football at the, the key times like the Saturday lunch time the, the Saturday tea time there's just saturation point and if you're up against a premiership game even in Scotland you're going to struggle for attendance figures so yeah. Friday so, isn't a good option yeah I'm, I'm just sick I'm just sick of the English premiership as well I was in the pub after the game on Saturday and half the pub were just standing watching the whatever it was Liverpool Aston Villa game I, just, I couldn't be less interested in a game I've just come at a game and there's all these idiots watching this other game. And it's like, do you know what? Who cares? You're watching a league which is so far removed from from the, the 90 minutes of football you've just watched. Uh, a league that gets a couple of bob chucked at it out of Sky's coffers and everybody's sitting lapping up this rubbish in England. I, I, that mm-hmm. just makes my blood boil. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of seeing the EPL. I just, I, I, I don't watch it as a matter of course anyway, but I, I just think we should be doing far more in this country promoting the game in this country and that includes the lower league games that get pretty much zero coverage unless Rangers are playing something. Well I think the the fact that we focus so much on the Premiership on the the top tier and the fact it's such a small league doesn't really give us a lot of wriggle room for TV slots like you don't want to be in the scenario where you've got a Friday game a Saturday tea time game and then a Sunday game because then you're running out of games at 3 o'clock and I think it's, it's important to retain the majority of games at three o'clock. Yeah. Still, still having different kickoff times, but I think the three o'clock has to be retained. And unless we move to a bigger league, that's going to be difficult to do. Yeah, and we know for a fact that nobody wants to move to a bigger. Well, certainly not the people that are in control no. of the game. They don't no, want yeah. to move to a bigger no. league. No, it, they'd be quite happy if it moved to ten teams instead yep. of twelve. Yeah, yeah. I just got a message from Grumpy Old Man, and he says that the the game's definitely not on BBC Alba on Friday. Yeah, see, it would have been good if it was, but I didn't think it would be. So, it's sort of part of part of it. Meanwhile, Sky have uh, spent the night showing Manchester United nil, Chelsea nil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, look at the hype surrounding that as well. Garbage. Well, yeah, if, if you have a quick look on Twitter, you'll just see rubbish, bored, terrible. Why did I watch that? I did warn people before we started this, you should come and listen to the, the Scottish Football Forums podcast being recorded. But We've got listening figures about 2 million. Everybody switched over to <laughs> this podcast. Listening figures about 2. 
It is too, actually, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a grumpy old man and Geordie girl. I might as well just phone in rather than listening live. Just pick up the phone, join in. They could come and sit in my kitchen if they want. I've got a can of tenants here. <laughs> I'm sure they could come on and give Greg his week off. He's dying to get. Aye, hey, that's a great idea. You could have the uh, like a double act, and I could have a wee rest. I could listen live or not. <laughs> <Good swap. laughs> right, we might move on to the charity bit. And we were terrible, as Chris mentioned. Uh, 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 we were terrible. Uh, 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 Greg, I think, uh, uh, I think Greg, Greg was absolutely spot on yep. that Queen's Park would be rubbish. And mm-hmm. he did backlide, and it was the only thing that did win. Aye. Right, okay, okay, Greg, I apologise. I, I think you two are letting the side down badly with this charity bit here, and I'm starting to get a wee bit worried that we're going to get zero money in this kitty by the end of the season, because <laughs> it's not going well. Well, we can't have that. Right, well, I was doing a wee bit of research before the podcast now if anyone listens as a, a regular listener you'll be a bit surprised at that because I definitely don't sound like I do any research but I was looking at we'll focus on the first scorer and I was thinking that Air United against Airdrie I think Air United have got a really good chance of winning this Airdrie Airdrieonians are, are really doing poor in the league Air are sitting second and Moffat, Michael Moffat for Air has scored three so far and he's joint top of the, the top scorer, I think, him and Trilist, the Trilist is. So I thought I'll go for Michael Moffat to score first for Air. What do you think? Sounds great. Yep, I'd agree with that. Right, that's what we'll, we'll go for. Score. I don't know the odds for him because McBookie don't have that available on a Monday evening, but I'll put him down for first scorer. And then... We'll move on to our usual bet where we pick a, a match each and I was wanting to double up despite us doing... Oh, don't, uh, don't double the bet again. No. Like, Air's sitting on seven points. Oh, Airdrieonians are on one. Airdrieonians... <sighs> nah. You've got Air plus five. You've got Airdrieonians minus seven. Now, I know Rangers contributed to that. But I, I think this is, a, this is a good one. I've got a feeling in my bones. I've got a backup if you're wanting to reject it. Do you want me to tell you my backup? Well, what's your backup? It's no Rangers against, is it? Nah, no, I'm avoiding them. My backup is Easterlin at home to Peterhead. Now, see, before the season started, that would be ridiculous, mm. right? Yep. But Easterlin are sitting unbeaten, nine points out of nine. Peterhead, I've got two points out of nine. Easterlin are 21 to 10 as well. I don't know really? where those odds come from. That is unbelievable for a for a home game. Very, very good odds, but you just wonder whether these students maybe get the sort of bubble bursting thing as well. It's, it's, it's a hard one to call, but those I, I agree with you. Those odds are very, very good. I think we've got to go for it. I, I would, I would rather we went for East yes. Sterling and split a bit than the for it. Yeah, Definitely. Right. Okay. Well, I'll choose East Sterling then. And also, I wanted to add to the East Sterling that they beat Sterling Albion three-one at Fourth Bank, and Peterhead got beat off Sterling. I'll be in at fourth bank. Here's, I've done my research, and here's watch us all Easterlin will lose. <laughs> right, Easterlin twenty-one to ten. A bit of an interesting odds there. I don't know. Right. So you're going with the high. You're going with the high odds. You mean Chris are going for the the bankers? The bankers. Well, no, don't say that. No, there's no bankers. You, you know that. Aye, that's Say low odds. The odds on. <laughs> Aye, but not Rangers. No, not Rangers. Scupper bets me put them on. Um, it's difficult for, for a sure thing looking at all the other games oh I tell you what I'll have Sterling Albion they're playing Queen's Park yeah okay, okay. I liked it that yep I liked it that I don't they're 31 to 20 again that's, that's that's good odds isn't it that's, that's a good price blimey right if you're looking for a short odds Albion Rovers Dundee. are Dundee Albion Rovers are 8 to 13 but I take it Montrose are rotten See this four to one for Montrose. They've only got one point in the league. Mm. How are Albion Rovers doing? Albion Rovers, they're second top. Ugh, it's a stick on then. It's a it's a Lanarkshire banker. Albion Rovers, <laughs> North Lanarkshire neighbours, home to Montrose, eight to thirteen. There we go. That's sensible. Right. Okay. Eight to thirteen. That's a that's good odds. Right. Wait a minute. While I work this out in my head. It's a second division special this year. This, this week. 
I'll see you for the, the week two. Uh, league two, Greg, come on, get with it. Oh, sorry, uh, league two. <laughs> Championship level two. <laughs> SPFL <Whoa>. division four. <laughs> I've got £127.70. Oh, no, that's not going to come in. That's what going to we, come in. What have we done wrong? <laughs> come on. You know, I'm I think seven what? Sterling. That can't be right. What was your pinch? <laughs> hey, so I've got Easterland, 21 to 10. We've got yep. Sterling Albion, 31 to 20. And then we've got Albion Rovers, 8 to 13. A treble, £10 treble, courtesy McBookie, comes in £127.70. I, I don't see him wrong with that. I know we're talking, I know we're looking at the odds and stuff, but I honestly don't see what's wrong with that. It's Easterland, that's just skewed. Those odds. Yeah, Aye, even those the Sterling Albion, Queen's Park one. Yeah, those are, those are big odds for both those teams. You know it's going to be Albion Rovers. It's thinking about it, don't you? <laughs> Probably We should go back to betting the juniors. That's me, second week in a row on McBookie's uh, website, uh, betting the juniors, second treble in a row up two weeks running. If right. Indy's out there looking for an easy bet, go on the McBookie, go on the junior leagues. Loads of money to be made in there. Right, I see loads of tip. money. I see loads of money. It's £12 I want at the weekend. Is that a 50p bet? Uh, it's a pound. I've got a pound on it. Right, well, what to do is go on the forums, forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk and put your tips on there, Greg. Yes, I'll get right. up. I'll get up. So uh, any visitor can go on, and it's basically like printing money, if you it's can. basically free points. money. It's free money. To be fair, I, even I won a bet last week, and that never yeah. happens. I, I had money in Shakhtar Karagandy. Oh, wait. I had money in Shakhtar Karagandy to win, and Kizhnachenko to get a goal. You get the second one. It's seven to one. That won me mm, fourteen quid or something. Uh, <laughs> Chris. No, I like doing that. I see you're covering both, both your bases. I made twenty quid in Muddle the other week with Aberdeen beating us. You gotta cover your bases, man. Oh, if you win, it's great. If you that. don't, you know. Twenty pound in the bank. Yep. I think you'll be Rangers fans yet, I do you? Hmm. <laughs> Never <laughs> Right, we wanna move on to the premiership predictions. Oh, we must be a bit done or we know about done. Ah, yeah, that'll be the... the ten nice. past ten here. <laughs> Greg's on <laughs> <in> his bed. <laughs> Still, I watch Breaking Bad and I've got my piece to make for the morning. Come on. <laughs> you make that in the morning, surely. Oh, I've got time. <laughs> right, OK, well, we'll, we'll rattle through these, right? We've got Dundee United against Celtic. I'm going to go for a 2-2. I'm going to go narrow 2-1 victory for Celtic. 2 nothing Celtic. Aberdeen, St. Johnson, both teams lacking form. I'm going to go for an away win. 1 2. Ball by 0 0. 1 each for me. Hibs versus Ross County. I'm going to go for a 1 0 to Hibs. I think Ross County finally get going now. I'm going to take them to win 1 0. I think Ross County might edge it 2 1. Inverness against Hearts. 3 1 to Inverness. Aye, same for me. Mm, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. I think I think Inverness are due a wee hiccup. And uh, I don't know, Hearts are going to be missing players, aren't they? Wilson's going to be it. Yep. And aye. unless the fan aye. comes up with a grand to appeal. Aye, no. You hear no, that? The fans want to put up the £1,000. And it's ridiculous because it was a stone wall penalty. <laughs> Seemingly, that, has that not been reduced? Somebody was saying that's been reduced to 500 quid this year. You can appeal things there, huh? Is oh, that a fine if you a... don't appeal? No, I think there's a fee for appealing. I think it costs you to appeal. Mm-hmm. And it's cut it from a grand to £500. Pounds. It costs even less to appeal. Ah, I don't know. Ah. Two, anyway, 2 0 Inverness. Right. So, Mirren against Partick. I'm going to go 2 0 away one. Well, I'm going to say 3 0 away ones. Mirren, I don't know. Partick have a really good midfield, but they're just. I think they're just lacking a, an out and out goal scorer. Saying that's Mirna Pap. So, aye, uh, Patrick Thistle 1 0. Lawless. Goal scorer. Then we've got Saturday Night Football. <sighs> Gary Neville in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of who the Gary Neville equivalent would be. It's on BT Sport. I can't think who they have. Anyway, it's on BT Sport. BT 1 at half five. Motherwell against Kilmarnock. And I'm going to go for a home win. 2 0. Aye, I'd like a 2 home one for me as well. Oh, I'd bite your hand off for that. Saturday was poor. Aye, come on, I'm rotten, but... <sighs> We're not much better. I think this is... Oof, TV, 
nothing each. <laughs> I was tempted for that. Oh, it's honestly, we're, we're chronic. We're chronic. Right, and this is for the predictions. I mentioned earlier that I'm still third in the prediction league despite doing rubbish at the weekend there. So I'm, I'm keeping that up for, the, for all of us here because you two are doing rubbish. I got two points in the weekend though. Uh, I seem to be falling back the way. There seems to be something going wrong with my predictions. I'm not saving properly. Well, <laughs> 36th. I am 136th. Oh, God. You're probably worse than that, Greg. Oh, I must be 200. Jeez. 391. Oh, for... oh what? Oh, oh, man. I'm the Aberdeen of the uh, podcast league. You're tied with Patio burst. Master. He's <laughs> <laughs> copying my predictions, that's how. Well, I got a message for a guy from Turkey. He was wanting to copy my predictions. <laughs> he says I hadn't put them up on the forum. He said that they were always right, so I wanted to copy them. So I've, I've turned into a wee bit of a tipster now. Because that's fair. <laughs> ah, he's, well, he's lost all his money now. He put his mortgage on my, my bets and didn't work. So before we went, before we go, I wanted to mention that I was at the Clyde One Super Scoreboard Unleashed on Heard Friday it was a night. Good night. It was a good night. We managed to get free pies at half time, and then there was free pies in the the after party. I was good. I managed to get a question in as well. I wanted to ask for clarification on why Ian Black wasn't getting accused of breaching Rule 23, which is basically participating in a match where he could benefit after putting a bet on, which is the fact they put three bets on the team against him and ten bets on. For the team he was playing for, I thought that it was fairly aye, obvious. Hey, hey, hey! I hope, I hope you never asked a question in that fashion, because I'd have shut you down in thirty seconds as well. <laughs> <laughs> They're only they've got tours. Oh, hand the mic back. <laughs> but uh, Hugh Evans wasn't too happy with me. He's going on about match fixing. You, you accusing him of match fixing, and he's going, "Where have you seen these games?" And basically, he was shooting me down. So, <laughs> so in the, I call it an after party. It was a bar. <laughs> you, know, you could you could buy more drink and get free pies. Anyway, me and my mate went up to him. The guy was with Maverick. He's on the forum, and he he went up to Hugh and says, "Look, Hugh, is it alright if I get a picture?" And Hugh was, "Aye, no problem, no problem." Then my mate handed him the phone, and me and him posed while he <laughs> took a picture. Of Fantastic! Oh, it was good. It was good. That's, I, that's, I got him back. That, that's the most use Hugh Kevin has been in years. <laughs> Uh, but he seemed he seemed really nice. I think he just plays up to it on the radio, and especially on that stage, he was abusive to a guy who was a wee bit overweight. Which I think he just likes to be a wee bit of a villain, a wee bit of a Simon Cowell. That's it. It's, it's for the ratings. If you if you yep. can swam the the audience, you'll get people irate and they'll phone up and basically generate your own audience. I don't like the phone-ins because for that very reason. They just they generate themselves audiences rather than actually being of any useful debate, which is much it's much better than a podcast. Yep, yep. And they should just listen to the Scottish Football Forum's podcast, of course. Yep, best podcast ever. Yep, not the Scott Mills Daily. There's no football on that. Oh, no. no. We don't listen to that anyway. We don't listen to that you paid me. <laughs> no, I'm not a fan at all. She, she's still on the radio. I've not chalked him off, no. Ah, he's still on it. He's doing. He done the breakfast show today, but he's still on it. The guy, the guy who drives my bus in the morning, listens to Radio One, and I was about six inches away for just grabbing the wheel this morning and, and driving us into the nearest concrete pillar. You're a loose cannon. Crap oh, I was so close to doing it. I thought, do you know, what have I got to lose? <laughs> Fuck it, man. It's, I mean, cancer of the years listening to that. <laughs> right, I've got something to look forward to for next week's podcast. I've got my first Maggot home game off. of the season. First home game of the season, so I'll be able to report back to see what the pies are like <laughs> Ibrox this season. Something to look forward to for everybody who's listening. Also, I'll be able to report if they've got Wi-Fi, which is what we're bumming about, but I've heard they've not got it yet. Ah, they're still fat noodles as well. <sighs> Amateurs, eh? Hey, Chris. I know. Right. Talk these things up, and then you need to wait weeks into the season before you get up. I know, I know. Right, but thanks, Greg and Chris, for coming on, and thanks for listening. And if you want to listen live next week, you can find us on Ustream, uh, SFF-podcast, and we're live at 9 o'clock, not 9.15 next week. We're going to change it. Greg's not too happy with the 9.15. Changing it up. Start. This late finish is not good. I've got other things to be doing on a Monday night. This just forms a small part of my Monday night schedule. Got a piece to make, breaking bad to watch. Got this <laughs> half pint to finish. 
I'm going to argue with a wife for half an hour. <laughs> Do you think anyone noticed that I was having a can of beer during this podcast? Ah, seamless. <laughs> I hope so. Right, but thanks again, and I'll speak to you next week. Yeah. Cheers. Bye.